Good morning. Oh, yeah, when they get on, I'll tell them. That's a good idea. Stay cool. Good morning. Good morning. It's 9.30 a.m. Uh, welcome to Sunday School. We're going to uh, get started. Um, good morning, Jasper. Thanks for being here. While we wait for people to get on this morning, we'll go ahead and do the um, praise music uh, interlude here. Moret Brown-Clark, and the title is Sovereign God. So while that's playing, we'll wait for people to get on. Well, welcome and good morning. Thanks for being here.
Okay, uh, that again was uh, Moret Brown Clark, uh, Sovereign God. And uh, that's a really, really great way to open Sunday school. Uh, we um, have a lesson that's going to talk uh, pretty much exactly about what she's referring to uh, for all of us uh, as a lesson to uh, take with us, not just today, but all week long and even longer than that. Um, we have a few announcements. I'm going to make a note to pray because that's something that there's always so much going on. We always sometimes don't always remember to pray when we start. Uh, we do pray when we close, which is good. But um, first of all, just want to uh, thank everyone for being here. Um, I'm not sure if Nate uh, or Marnell are on this morning from Las Vegas. Um, uh, but if you are, stay cool. Uh, it is going to be very warm out there today, and we've been keeping track of the forecast. And um, 110 degrees is, uh, I don't care if it's dry heat or not, that's a lot of temperature. Um, so stay cool out there. Uh, also, I just want to also remind everyone, too, about uh, this morning at Akron. The forecast has cleared up very nicely where we are not expecting any any rain of any consequence during our service. We uh, should be pretty good as far as uh, getting through the service without any issues of raindrops. So by all means, uh, don't let the weather scare you. you, you we, we should be good to go today, the way things are looking right now. It's clear right now. Um, it is gonna be uh, cloudy pretty much all day long and the temperature is actually gonna be comfortable from the standpoint of being in the 70s, but it's still gonna be very humid. So dress comfortably. Um, bring your lawn chairs. We'll be in the back. We're going to be behind uh, in the parking lot because it's, a, it's pretty much a given that the grass is wet uh, in the front. Um, so by all means also remember that today is a communion Sunday. We are going to be do doing communion for the first time since this thing started, this whole pandemic thing. Um, so please bring your crackers and juice uh, and be prepared when we're ready to do communion to do just that. And uh, be able to give honor and praise to the Lord at that point uh, for all he has done. We and we do, we will have extras if you, for whatever reason, you just forget you don't have any. We'll, we'll have extra crackers or juice, just a few. We don't have a lot, but we'll have enough for whoever just happens to, to miss out on that. Um, and with that in mind, um, also please remember your, your, your tithes and offerings. Um, they can be brought to the church. If you're in Akron, bring them to the church drop them in the drop box. If you're mailing it, it's uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio 44320. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and get started. Broadcasting from the dining room of a place in Little York, Ohio. We're ready for Sunday school this morning. Thanks for being here. Let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us and set aside for us to be able to worship and praise you and learn more about what your word has to say to us. We just thank you, Lord, for your direction. We thank you for the promptings you give us. We thank you for the reminders you give us of who you truly are. You are indeed a sovereign God, but you are hardly an impotent God. You are mighty. You are one who truly does have control over everything, and you have control over every situation and circumstance uh, that's taking place right now. Lord, let us be reminded of those very things as often as necessary to help us to be encouraged by your very presence. And we thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And there is reason to be encouraged. Excuse me. We are, we are, a, pray, we are a very um, great people in Christ. 
We have a great family, a great relationship, a great church relationship in Jesus Christ. When Paul was writing uh, to the Colossians, and we are in Colossians chapter 1, that's where we're going to be focusing today. Colossians 1, we're going to be covering verses 15 through 23. And as a reminder for those in case you weren't with us last time when we discussed Colossians, uh, Paul had not been to the Coloss church yet. He knew of it, it was being planted, but he was writing a letter specifically to make sure that um, the Colossians were not being deceived by people uh, doing false teaching or false preaching about who Christ is or the nature of who Christ is. And the content in this particular section of the, ch of the uh, chapter in verse 15 through 23 specifically addresses the nature of Jesus Christ and who Christ really is. It's a very valuable um, portion of the scripture because he, he gives us a very comprehensive description of who Christ is. So what we'll do is we're going to read through this and we're going to look at this particular passage. And we're going to also make sure that... Uh, we take our time going through it, too, because it's very rich. There's a lot here. Uh, we will cover the whole thing for this class, but I just want you to understand that this is a very, very rich passage. It's one to go back on over even after we're done here uh, with this particular lesson. Let's start with verse 15. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Starting with verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Verse 18, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verse 21. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions... But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. Verse 23, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So we look at this passage. It's a very, like I said, a very rich passage about the descriptions of Christ. And there's one small interlude down towards the middle to the end that talks about the state of mankind at where we were at one point. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that as we get down there. But basically this entire passage is about the description of who Jesus Christ is. And again, as a reminder, the Colossians needed to know uh, and be reassured of who this person is that they were following because... You know, it's really interesting how Scripture talks about how false teaching was very prevalent back then. And you have to be very careful about who you follow when it comes to teachers. Uh, not everyone has good intentions. 
And this is true today. There is no, there is really nothing different from what we're reading about here in this particular letter to the Colossian church than what we experience today when it comes to who we get behind as far as teaching is concerned. Um, on one hand, I can name names. I won't go into that now because that just takes up more time. But there are a few people and only a few people that you should be following uh, when it comes to sincere teaching of the word of God. And I pray that you, you sort that out. Uh, just because people throw around Bible verses does not necessarily mean that they are worthy of following uh, consistently when it comes to sound teaching. So let's get back to the top here, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Now, this is a declaration that Paul is making to the Colossians is that we're speaking directly about the divine nature of Christ and that he is the true creator. And, of course, people will try to put Jesus Christ as the number two guy on the pedestal, God being number one, and maybe even perhaps the Holy Spirit as number three. What we have to remember and understand here is that God indeed is uh, Jesus Christ. He is equal to Christ. Jesus is not only equal to God, but he is God. And that's something that we have to remember here. If he was part of creation, if he was there at the time of creation, he was there and created all things. And so there is no, looking at this passage, there is no debate about the role that uh, Paul is giving to the Colossians as to who Jesus Christ is. So understand that they didn't, they were still beginning to learn and understand who Christ was. And so this is a, an appropriate statement to make. And we need to understand, too, that not only does Christ reflect God, but he is, in fact, he reveals God to us. That's something we need to see here. A couple of passages to look at real quick. John uh, chapter 1, verse 18. John 1.18. And John himself even makes that statement at the beginning of his letter as well. But he summarized all of that uh, with verse 18, uh, where it says in John 1.18, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus Christ is the one who reveals God to us. He is the one who reveals to us God's character through his actions, through the words that he spoke uh, in the different Gospels. Uh, we see the character of God come through with Jesus Christ. And so when we read the Gospels, when we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the life of Jesus, and even the first part of the book of Acts, we see the character of God being reflected in Jesus Christ. But he is, in fact, God. He is the firstborn over all creation. And that's what we always need to remember about his deity. He is the one and only true God. And we have to look at, go back to verse 16 real quick, back in Colossians chapter 1. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. What a wonderful declaration this is. Uh, let's take a look at what God has done, because that's what we need to see here. Uh, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 17 
Well, let's start with verse 15. Verse 15 through 21. We're going to cover a, a, a good chunk of that passage here because we want to make sure that we have an understanding about what God has done and what he is doing even right now in the midst of all this stuff that's taking place here. God is in complete control. Uh, Ephesians 1, starting with verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. And I understand that this is how he's starting out. He is making sure that he is communicating to the, even the Ephesian church here about he's praying for them. Now look at verse 17. My prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So what he's asking and what he's praying for is that all of us, let's just internalize this a little bit, that all of us understand who it is that we are praising and worshiping. We are to understand Jesus Christ. We are prayerful that we all have that understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit of the magnificence, the greatness, the richness of who God truly is. And we see that in what he did in working in Christ. Christ was the sacrifice for us. Working in Christ, raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Because he had a plan for us that we needed salvation. He had a plan for us that we needed salvation to be assured of eternal life. And rather than this constantly going back and forth and sacrificing animals and looking to uh, the bloodshed of the animals to take care of our sins, Jesus Christ was our uh, final necessary sacrifice where we were able to uh, experience eternal life with him. He is seated in the right hand of the heavenly places and he has complete and full authority. Authority. All things are put under him. And it's not just today. But it's also in the age to come. And the age to come simply means when we leave here, when we are with him for all eternity. Look at all the richness of these passages that are describing the importance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of Christ. The understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. It's a very, very common mistake that people make sometimes when we try to humanize who Jesus Christ is. And that would be a mistake. We know that he was completely human, but we also are reminded he's completely God. And we don't want to ever forget that. We always want to remember what God has done for us. And this is what Paul is trying to teach the Colossians as well, too. And in fact, he's not just teaching the Colossians, he's teaching us. There are many, many passages that you could look at that would cover all the nature of who Jesus Christ is many passages. We've got 
uh, passages that talk about uh, the fact that he didn't come from the dust of the earth. He is Lord over everyone. He's Lord over all. He's completely holy. He has the authority to judge the world. There are many, many passages we could look at. We just wouldn't have the time to do it here. So I encourage you, as you look at this passage and even look at uh, doing some additional study and looking at perhaps some concordances or whatever you might have, to look at the nature of who God is. And remember, it starts at the top here where uh, Paul is speaking to the Colossians and saying that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Remember what it said in John 1.18? We've never seen God, but we've seen who God is in person in Jesus Christ. So that's something that we need to always hang on to and take away with us here. Um, let's continue here as we move further down the page. Go down to, back to Colossians 1.17. We'll start there. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Amen. All things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Now let's get back to that first part about he is holding things together. Um, when you look at who Jesus is, he is not only, or God is not only the creator of the universe, he is also the sustainer of the universe. He is our sustaining power. He is the one who keeps us. He holds everything together. Um, and understand something that you can look at, if you look at um, the, the uh, church as far as it's concerned today, um, somebody just sent a note about was church canceled or something. I don't know if you saw that or not. It's not. It was a text message. Um, it may have just come to me. Um, church is not canceled, uh, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> so I'll respond to that in, in kind to make sure. Uh, but please keep in mind, too, that um, he is our great sustainer. Uh, Jesus sustains us. Um, the world has been looking very chaotic lately, hasn't it? Um, but we have to understand that Satan wants us to believe that the world looks chaotic. Uh, and it is not chaotic. We are indeed, uh, you know, have everything that we have right now because God is the protector and sustainer of all life. Um, we have to trust him. In spite of what we see, we have to have faith in him that what we see is his protection, his care, and his sustenance. He is sustaining us right now. He's taking care of us. And going back to verse 18 in Colossians chapter 1, he is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so he might come to have first place in everything. Let's take a look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation 1, 5. It says in Revelation 1, 5, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And I'll just add verse 6, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He is the one who is the firstborn of the dead, the rulers of all the kings on the earth. He is in complete control. He is the prevailing deity, indeed. He is the prevailing deity. And we need to understand that. Okay, I answered that message. Great. Moving on the fly here. 
So keep that in mind as we look at this passage here. Let's go back to verse 19 and 20. For God was pleased to have all fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We need to understand that he is the great reconciler. That's something that we need to see here. Hi, Anna. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, there's a couple of passages I want to look at that talk about this section of the, of the scripture here. Um, go to, please, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians 5. We're going to look at verses uh, 18 and 19. Second Corinthians 5, verses 18 and 19. Everybody wants to get into the act. Okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5, verses 18 and 19. Um, and this is going to talk about this passage here. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. What is this message of reconciliation? Jesus Christ reconciled us to God the Father. Reconciling, reconciliation is to bring together, to have come together. Remember, remember, before Christ did what he did on the cross, we were not reconciled with God. All we could do is these sacrifices, and we were just having to keep sacrifice animals and um, do offerings of, uh, of uh, gifts of whatever it would be, spices or whatever it is, just to reconcile based upon our sin life. And it was just incomplete. It wasn't sufficient. We were not holy, and God is holy. So who had to be the holy sacrifice for us? Jesus Christ. He is the one who provided us this ministry of reconciliation. What does the ministry of reconciliation really mean to us as people? Well, it should mean that you have peace knowing that your eternity is secure. That ministry of reconciliation is understanding that you have something that you could not obtain on your own. No matter what mankind was doing, no matter what we were doing as far as sacrifices or offerings, we were screwing those things up. We weren't even doing those things correctly. We'll actually talk about that in the message today as well, too. We weren't doing things with perfection because, frankly, we, we, we were subjected to our flesh. We were having fleshly behaviors, and even in our going to God, we were fleshly. We weren't doing the things we should have been doing. But God loved us so much that he gave his son. And we know that from John 3:16, He is the one who had to reconcile us to the Father. So we understand in this passage that he gives us this ministry of reconciliation, that he was not counting our sins against us, but in fact entrusting to us the ministry of reconciliation. What do we have in reconciliation? By trusting in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, all we need to do is believe, and we have eternal life. That's all we need to do. There's no hoops we have to jump through. There's no special obstacle course we have to run. There's nothing spectacular we have to do beyond just trusting 
in Jesus Christ. He is the one who reconciles us to the Father. Um, how often do we need to be reminded of God's goodness, his love for us, his grace, his mercy, his mercy? He is a merciful God who has done all these wonderful things for us. And we need to always keep those things in mind. Now look what it says in verse 21. I'm going to go back to the passage here uh, in Colossians chapter 1. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions. Well, that means we weren't children of God. We were children of who? Satan. We were not reconciled to God because we were acting we were acting out. We were doing things we know we shouldn't have been doing. We knew we were in sin. We have to come to a place when it comes to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we needed Christ because we weren't going anywhere with the way we were living. But what we, we have to be thankful about is that we were not blinded so much from the truth that we did not come to that saving knowledge. And that's something that's very important for us to understand. Satan wants you to stay and wallow in your hostility to God. Wallow in your alienation from God. He will try to make it appealing in some way, shape, or form to come up against God. But thank goodness for the mercy of God, his grace, his ministry of reconciliation. So look, look at what it says here in verse 22 in Colossians 1, 22. But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So there is an if statement here, but let me clarify what that if statement really means. So you understand that Jesus Christ died for you, according to what it says in verse 22. He has reconciled you to God. He's presenting you as holy, faultless, and blameless before him, which is necessary if you have to go before God. You cannot be presented as a person who is unholy, with faults, and with a lot of blame. You won't have any fellowship with God if you remain in that state. So you need to understand that that's very important for us as a church to make sure that we remind ourselves, even as we do communion today, that we're doing so, we're presenting ourselves, when we, do, when we are doing communion, that we are to be holy and blameless. That's the reason why we pray before communion, to make sure that we take everything that's in our life that doesn't belong there and that we ask for forgiveness before we take that offering. Um, look at what it says in Ephesians 5.27. Ephesians 5.27. And it's interesting that this passage follows... Uh, the commands of what husbands are supposed to do to love their wives and, and how they're supposed to do so in the same way that Jesus Christ loves the church. It's, a, it's the exact same thing. Husbands are supposed to love their wives in the exact same way that Christ loves the church. Look what it says in verse 27. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. That is what the church is supposed to represent uh, before God himself. And we'll, we'll be dealing with this later on 
if you go look in the book of Revelation, the different churches and the different discussions about those churches. But it's the Christ's desire for us to be presented in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And Jesus Christ is the only one who can do this. We cannot do this on our own. We don't have the ability to do it on our own. We don't have the capability of doing it on our own. And so we need to understand that to be holy, faultless, and blameless, we need to acknowledge. Look what it says again back in Colossians 1.23. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So... There's a condition here that we can remain fault-free and blameless before the Lord and holy before him if we remain grounded. What does that mean to remain grounded? Grounded in his word. Grounded in what the word has to say. Staying in the word on a daily basis. Reading what scripture has to say and counting it as being words directly from God to yourself on how to live and how to even get through difficult times. This is exactly what we are to do. Stay grounded and steadfast in the faith. And are not, and look what it says again, and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Shifted away. How can that possibly happen? How can you be shifted away? Satan shifts you away. Satan will shift you away by allowing your by you allowing yourself to have him get the upper hand over what God's word has to say. It's very interesting how messages just seem to be meshing together right now as far as this continuity. Charles Stanley spoke about this, about the devil being a liar and a liar. He must have said that 15 times in his sermon. I was looking at it online. I wasn't looking at it on TV. So he must have said it 15 times about the devil being a liar. The devil wants to lie and tell you that you don't have hope, that you don't have this hope of the gospel. And he will continue to lie to you like this. And you just have to say, stop, Satan. Um, you're a liar and the father of liars and that you need to trust in the word of Jesus Christ. So to stay grounded and steadfast means you've got to stay in the word and you have to stay prayerful over that word and stay prayerful that you have understanding of what that word is saying. That's exactly what you need to do. So it says that and the challenge that I have for you today is to remember these things that are being said here. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So Paul is stating unequivocally that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. Can you make that statement? Can you make that statement that you are a servant of Jesus Christ? After all the things that you've read about God's goodness, his grace, his mercy, how he is a sustainer, how he has provided for us this ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry of reconciliation is something that's very important, even as we minister to other people. We need to reconcile others about the goodness of God, reconcile others about the goodness of God as well, too, and bring that to mind as often as necessary as the Spirit moves us to do so. So we have this wonderful thing in Jesus Christ where he has reconciled us before God to make us holy, faultless, and blameless. So now, our challenge is to do what? Live in exactly that manner and be reminded of those things that are ugly in our life, that are dirty in our life, that cause shame, that cause us to 
stray away from the message of what Jesus Christ is telling us and to put all those things aside, to put our lifestyles, many of them not very healthy and not as holy as they should be, to put those things aside, to remember exactly who God is and how God, Jesus Christ, is supreme. He is the supreme deity in our life. We go directly to him. And we go directly to him. People always wonder why we say in Jesus' name and we pray. We're praying because Jesus is the one who is our intercessor. He is the one who is the one who acts on our behalf before God. He is the one who is intercessory for us to remain holy, faultless, and blameless before God. I can't say that enough, how important that is for us to recognize his goodness. So what are we doing as we prepare later on and we will have this uh, as part of our live stream what are we doing to prepare for communion today what are we doing and how are we addressing this issue of recognizing God's goodness during communion are we looking to him for just favors or are we looking to him for grace are we looking to him for mercy are we looking to him for forgiveness are we looking to him through the power of the Holy Spirit for reminders of those things that are not healthy for us? These are all things that need to be given consideration as we look to the Lord and look to him for this grace that we're speaking of. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for how you speak to us through your word. We thank you for how you have taught us through your word, how you continue to give us instruction. We thank you for the Holy Spirit for helping to impart wisdom and understanding of the things that we've read. And Lord, you make it very clear in your word that you are indeed the Alpha and the Omega. You are indeed the one who was there at the beginning. You were there at the beginning and you are here present today. And Lord, we know that we will have eternal life with you because of what your word says. Lord, we thank you for this thing called faith. That what we read, we believe. And what we believe, we understand because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for all your goodness. We thank you for all of the reassurances that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for how you teach us. We thank you for how you build us up. We thank you for all of these things and more. We couldn't begin to thank you with anything that we have other than ourselves. That we can live in such a way where we are remaining obedient to you and focused in on what your word says about us and to us. Thank you, Lord, for these promises. Thank you for the reminders to read and study and look to you each day. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm reminded as we're talking about praying that we continue to keep Pastor Gus in prayer as well, too. He is um, still recovering. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a road, though. I want you to just keep praying for him, uh, that he's able to get up and move about uh, sooner rather than later. Um, the doctors always have an idea of how things are being done, but ultimately it comes down to uh, what the healing power of Jesus Christ is as well. So please keep him in prayer, and please keep him and the family in prayer because they're looking after him each day. Um, we will be proceeding to Akron to do the drive-in worship service. Um, 
the weather looks good. Uh, just dress accordingly. It's going to be a little bit humid, uh, but we welcome you bringing your lawn chairs, and we'll be out back in the back of the church uh, in the parking lot area. And if you need to stay in your car, you can stay in your car. Uh, that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and thank you for that reminder. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to uh, uh, end Sunday school right now. We'll be circling back with you next week, uh, same time. We'll have a little bit of extra time to get down and uh, get ready for the setup as well, too. Um, we will be online about 11 o'clock uh, for the drive-in worship service. And if you want to do communion with us, you, know, you can get crackers and juice and just join with us online, and we will be doing that, so we encourage you to do so. Um, the great thing about communion it is a way for us to circle back and look at what is really important right now. And our, the most important thing for us to do is to recognize uh, the power of Jesus Christ in our lives today. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for joining us from this little uh, broadcast from Little York. And uh, we just thank you again for being here. We will uh, circle back with you next week. We'll see you online about 11 o'clock for the message and for communion. Uh, so with that in mind, thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.